life, whether we like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet Mary Denny, a married mom of three, who after being given a 2% chance of ever carrying a child to term, found herself with a set of twins and one strapping healthy baby boy. She said 2% to the world is 100% for our God. We call this episode, It's Just a Matter of Belief, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. All right, guys, thank you for joining me again this week for another testimony. It's always exciting when I, when I bring in guests and just to hear the hand of God in motion. You know, what's, what's interesting about God is he doesn't tell us in advance what he's going to do. <laughs> he just kind of takes us down a road and we walk down that road, either trusting him or not trusting him. And every week we get to hear people's journey. Today we have someone special. I have a good friend, Mary Denny. She is young. I say that because so often many of my guests are older. We're seasoned. (laughs) We've been around the block a few times and every now and then I'll bring on someone super young just to show that God is at work no matter who we are, no matter what our stage of life is. So I wanna bring in Mary and have her just really introduce herself, tell us a little bit a little bit about herself, and then we're gonna jump into her story. So Mary, hey, welcome. Hi, uh, my name's Mary, as BJ said. Um, I am um, a mother of three um, with an amazing husband. Um, and I've been a Christian for, about eight years now, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Mary, at okay, she says she is a mother. Now, hear this. She's a mother of three, all under the age of three. Am I correct, Mary? Yes. Okay, and she still has her hair. <laughs> so, Mary, how old are you? I am 24. 24 years old, my goodness. I, I, I don't know what I was doing at 24, but I was not being the mother to anybody. <laughs> so Mary, I know that because we have spoken, um, your journey into motherhood has been a challenging one. So yeah. I wanted you to really share with the audience a little bit about just your journey of how you have been able to obviously become a mom, but just how challenging that, that road has been for you. Well, I was... Um... I believe 18, um, I went into the doctor for some, um, some pain that I was having, figuring that it would be the usual, oh, we can put you on birth control to regulate your cycle mm-hmm. type of conversation that I think a lot of women have around that age. And uh, the doctor ran a couple of tests and basically told me that I was probably never going to be able to carry a child to term if I was even able to get pregnant. 
Um, and that was, that was really heartbreaking for me mm -hmm. because I've always, always loved kids. I've been babysitting since I was nine years old. Um, and it's just always been something that I've wanted to do is be a mom. Right, so right. it was very hard at such a young age to basically be told that that was never going to happen. And um, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, he was so supportive of it. He was, you know, it's okay. Like, like we'll figure it out. We'll adopt if we have to. Um, right. You know, he, he's like, I really, I want that for you. I, I want you to be able to have that and we'll do it. Even if it means that we, you know, we have foster kids, we adopt, we parent other people's kids as, you know, auntie and uncle, whatever it is. Right. Um, but um, I got married when I was 20. He was 21. And um, a month into our marriage, um, I got pregnant. And <laughs> it was honestly, like, I didn't even know for the first couple of weeks because right. my brain was didn't immediately go to pregnancy. Um, I was, oh, I'm having some issue, whatever. Um, it wasn't until I was about seven weeks along that I took a pregnancy test. Hmm. And um, I was shocked. And I was trying to figure out what the best way to tell my husband was. And it was about eight hours after I took the pregnancy test, I started having a miscarriage. Oh, wow. um, so I'm, you know, seven, eight weeks along roughly. Um, didn't even know I was pregnant up until literally the day I was having a miscarriage. Right. And it was something that at the time, I didn't even feel comfortable sharing with my husband because I was processing mentally the fact that I had even been pregnant mm -hmm. and it probably took me a month after it all happened to even like come to terms with the fact that I had been pregnant and that I had lost the baby. Right. And at that point I was, I was bleeding. I'd been bleeding for four weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so my husband knew something was up. Um, I finally shared it with him and it, it didn't affect him as much as it affected me right. because he hadn't, he wasn't the one that had been pregnant, Right. but I could see that it did hurt him, that he was hurting for me. And, um, we did eventually a couple months later, end up going into the doctor because I was still bleeding. Um, oh. and we went to a normal OB. The doctor said, you need to go see a specialist. This is not something I can help you with. Mm -hmm. we, went, we saw a specialist. They gave me some medication to help stop the bleeding. Um, and while we were there, we, we talked to this guy and he was like, so you were told that you can't have kids. And I was like, yes. He's like, but you got pregnant without like just completely without even trying. I was like, right. Yeah. So he's like, well, let's rerun some of the tests, see what we can, see what we can come up with. 
Um, so we did a bunch of testing. It took about two and a half, three months to get through everything. Um, and at the end of everything, his conclusion was my first pregnancy had been ectopic. And mm -hmm. if I hadn't have miscarried, it likely would have ended in a medical emergency. Um, and that I wasn't as bad off as they had originally thought I was three years previous. Right. So we sat with him and he pretty much told us, if you want kids, you have to have kids now. Like, no, oh, we're going to finish school first. Oh, right. No, you're having kids now. And this is at age 20. I was 21 at this point. 21 at oof, goodness. Um, so we went home, we talked about it, prayed about it. And we basically came to the conclusion that we were going to take the doctor's advice. We were going to start trying. Mm -hmm. So we went back in um, and went through some treatment to um, help my cycle be regular and, you know, have ovulation. And um, it took four months, I believe. Mm -hmm. And on the fourth, on the fourth month, um, we were pregnant. And it was exciting. Um, I think it was at that point that it really became real for my husband. He was like, oh, she's right. pregnant. Okay. <laughs> um, because we were seeing a fertility specialist, um, we went in when I was five weeks pregnant for an ultrasound, which mm -hmm. is much earlier than most women generally have an ultrasound. Um, and the first thing out of the doctor's mouth was the twins run in the family. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and uh, I think it took about an hour for my husband to start breathing again. <laughs> but um, yeah, we were pregnant with twins. And it was, it was scary for me because right. many women in my family have conceived twins. And not a single one of them has carried to term. With really? Twins. Really? Um, there have been both of my grandmothers successfully carried single pregnancies, but right. lost twins. My mom was unable to carry twins. Mm -hmm. um, so I was terrified. I was like, we're, we're going to lose one or both of these babies. Right. Um, and I went to my mom. She's a, she's a doctor. I was like, what do I do? She's like, well, we're going to go see the high-risk pregnancy doctor. We're going to get you on medication now to stop you from, like, we're, we're going to do progesterone. We're going to do steroids. We're going to do blood right. thinners. Do all this stuff to help you carry the term. And I carried them until 33 weeks, mm -hmm. at which point I was... I had preeclampsia, so my kidneys and liver were shutting down. I was retaining fluid. It was, wow. my blood pressure was like 180 over 120. It was it off was the off. charts. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the hospital. I've been admitted at this point. And one of the doctors comes in and she just looks at me and she's like, why are you still pregnant? I'm mm -hmm. like, well... They're wanting to, you know, keep these guys in as long as possible. And she's like, no, 
but you you we have to get those babies out today wow. so um they did an ultrasound um my first twin little boy was um breech so they scheduled me for a c-section later that afternoon um they were born they were tiny they were four pounds and change mm -hmm. um we had a 10-day NICU journey with my son and a 40, 44, 45-day NICU journey with my daughter. Um, there was a couple points with her where they were optimistic that she was going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then there was a couple of other points where they were like, you need to pray because we could very well lose her over this. Um, she had a, she was breathing just fine, but her, her tummy, her digestive system was sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, and at one point she got an infection in her digestive system, which mm. is, it's a killer for right. little creamy babies. And right. they did everything right. You know, they immediately stopped feeding her, they started her on really heavy duty antibiotics. They put her on IV nutrition so that her tummy could rest. And mm -hmm. um, she was only, my son was home at that point. So she was maybe three, four weeks old at that point. Right. And we were, we were scared. I mean, at that point she was still, you know, five pounds and just itty bitty and she she couldn't eat and then when they tube fed her her tummy wouldn't take it so we were we were optimistic but at the same time you know anything can happen when they're that little right um but she pulled through she's now they just had their second birthday she's <laughs> a tiny she's really little for her age she's a lot mm -hmm. smaller than her brother but she's healthy she's doing everything that she should, just hitting all of her milestones, just besides, right. besides just being little. Yeah, um, she's she's quite a little spitfire. <laughs> she is, a little, little sassy. She gives her dad a run for his money sometimes. Um, but she, you know, every once in a while, she she still gets sick. Her, her tummy is still yeah. not really the way it should be for her age. So she's mm -hmm. really sensitive to food, to, um, you know, stomach bugs. She's always the one that gets it the worst. Right. But you no, know, doctor basically said she's probably just gonna have a sensitive tummy for the rest of her life. It won't hurt her. Mm -hmm. You figure out her triggers and you avoid them. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. So, um, around the time that I was six months postpartum with the twins, um. I asked my husband, I was like, what are we doing? Are we done? Do we <laughs> want to try again? Um, do we, do we want to just wait and see what happens? Not prevent, but not really try either. Right. He was like, well, I don't think we should do anything to prevent at this point. Um, he's like, let's wait till the twins are like a year and a half. And if, we're not pregnant by then we can go back in see the doctor see if we can maybe do one more mm -hmm. like, okay the next month we're pregnant 
um, completely on our own. Right. Um, it was, it was pretty surprising. Um, mm -hmm. when I called the doctor and I was like, Hey, I need to start back on my progesterone and my steroids and my blood thinners. So I like, I need prescriptions for all this stuff. The doctor told me there was a 2% chance of us conceiving without help mm. after everything that we've been through and all of my issues. Um, but yeah, we did. And, um, carried Jasper up until I think two days before his due date. Right. Um, he was full term. He was big and he was healthy. He was eight and a half pounds. Um, wow. He is nine months old and he's basically caught up to his sister in size. Mm -hmm. um, so he is, he's going to be my football player or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's a little tank. <laughs> Boy, but um, and then after Jasper was born, I had the same conversation with my husband, like, what are we doing? Are we done? Are we having more? And he was basically like, I cannot watch you go through another pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Both times it was rough. I was, I spent the first six months of the pregnancy losing weight and throwing up and unable to eat. And then right. the last couple months of my pregnancy fighting with high blood pressure and like blood sugar issues and all of this and he was basically like, I, I cannot watch you go through that again. Mm. Um, so I went in to talk to the doctor and I was like, all right, um, I guess we're done. What do I, what do we do from here? And the doctor's like, well, I can get you on some form of long-term birth control. Um, I can, um, you can just get your husband a vasectomy. You can get your tubes tied. Like there's, there's lots of options. Right. Um, and I told the doctor, I was like, well, I'm in all this pain from my endometriosis. Is there mm -hmm. something we can do that will solve both problems? Mm -hmm. The doctor said, well, you could get a hysterectomy. I don't do those. You're going to have to go find a regular OB and you are going to have a rough time finding somebody who will do one on a 24 year old. So I started the search for a doctor. It took four doctors before I finally found one hmm. who would actually even sit down and even entertain the idea. Right. Um, and he sat with me for probably 25 minutes. I gave him brief rundown of my history. I cried. I told him what I was wanting and how many mm -hmm. times I've been turned down. And he was basically like, well, you're 24. I'm not going to take your ovaries because that would make you menopausal and that causes all sorts of issues. He's right. like, but I will take the rest. I will go in and I will laser anything that looks like endometriosis. I will remove everything else and I will clean it out as best as I can and try and get you out of pain. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had that surgery about two weeks ago now. Right. Um, day three after my surgery, I was in less pain than I had been in, in probably five years. Wow. Um, and, uh, within the last few days, my pathology reports have started coming back and <laughs> They confirmed the diagnosis of endometriosis. They also found um, 
fibroids. Mm -hmm. They found fallopian tube cysts, which is likely the, re the reason that I had an ectopic pregnancy. Um, to begin to with, right. Uh, and they found one thing on my fallopian tube that they ended up sending because they thought it looked cancerous. Mm -hmm. It turned out not to be, mm -hmm. but at first glance, they were like, this is not a cyst. It's not a fibroid. It's right. something else. So we're right. going to go get it. Um, it came back as just some weird little, who knows what. Fluke. Um, <laughs> and when I told my mom that, she was like, where was it? I told her exactly where it was. And she's like, that's where I had cancer. Oh, wow. Um, she, she was, I think, 39. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was diagnosed with reproductive cancer. They did an emergency hysterectomy. Um, she had some, they caught it at stage one. So mm -hmm. they did you know, a round or two of radiation just to make sure they had it all. And she's been fine 25 years, 20 ever since. Years, right. Like yeah. And she's been fine. But my mom was like, that's really scary because going through fertility treatment greatly increases your chances for cancer. Oh, wow. So I didn't like, know that. She's like, I'm glad they got that out. Mm -hmm. And they caught it before it turned into something. Right. Um, but it, it was a battle to get the surgery. Um, my insurance didn't want to cover it initially because mm -hmm. I'm so young. And we went through and fought it. I have a friend that's an insurance agent. So she helped me write a letter um, basically asking them to reconsider and explaining right. my reasoning, right. uh, basically came down to, uh, if you guys don't want to pay for another expensive hospital stay and NICU stay, you will consider <laughs> this. Um, uh, they approved it. Um, and my recovery has been great. And so far I haven't, I haven't had any issues. Right. With that at all. I mean, you know, your risks are tearing stitches, bleeding, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whatever. And I've been great so far. Um, definitely struggling with my uh, five pound lifting limit. Having <laughs> but <laughs> yes, we're always taking your babies away from you because they're way over five pounds. <laughs> Yeah, you, uh, I've been telling everybody, I, I call Mary my Wonder Woman. I mean, she's my shero. I don't know how you do it. I don't know what, how you do what you do, but it's amazing. I mean, we literally thought you were going to be in bed for the next six weeks after this surgery. And then to see you days later, smiling, looking pretty, I'm going, what the heck? You're supposed to be in bed sick. <laughs> so you are just... I, I don't know. I sum it up to youth. I don't know because I know my old body would not have been able to bounce back like that. <laughs> what has this been like on your faith as a family? I mean, we're obviously your family of faith and you've gone through this ordeal, not just now, but really pretty much your whole life. You've been sick, you know, and trying to find relief and doctors not willing to because you're too young. And what has that done to your faith? Um, I've been having issues 
since I was about 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. um, so I already had these issues when I became a Christian. Um, and it's never really occurred to me until mm -hmm. I was talking with some of the other women mm -hmm. that this is something that would cause someone to lose faith. Like it, it, it's never occurred to me that, that to feel like God is punishing me, to feel like this is, you know, somehow sent to torture me or whatever. It's right. It's always just been like, wow, I'm so glad I have God. Wow, yes. I'm so glad I have my family and my church family. And um, whenever I would have issues, I would just, you know, everyone like, please pray for me. And it's always come through, maybe not mm -hmm. in the way that I was thinking it should, but it's right. always come through in the end. Um, if, if we had gone by my plan, I would be probably right, right about now thinking about starting to try for kids. Right. Um, going to do the, you know, finish school, spend a year or two on the career and mm -hmm. then jump in and have kids. But so for some reason, God's plan says that I should have three kids right now. Right. Um, so I do. And <laughs> it's, it's been a struggle at some points. I mean, mm -hmm. twins, um, twins is a lot. Um, and then with Jasper, we're now outnumbered. Outnumbered. <laughs> um, but it's, it's always been, there's always been exactly what we need. Right. Um, there've been points where I've had sisters in Christ just call me out of the blue and they're like, Hey, I was thinking about you today. Um, can I come over and just like see you for a little bit? Mm -hmm. And it would, it would turn out to be that it was, I had had a super rough night the night before. Um, and I was just really in need of some love and, somebody would just feel the need to call me out of the right. Say, right. Hey, can I come over today and see you? Um, and it's, it's almost even been that I haven't needed to ask. Right. There, there have been times where I've, you know, like God, why, why did I have a miscarriage? Why, you know, but looking back from now, it's, it's just been, this is part of the journey to get where I am. Yeah. And I know that my baby that I lost is waiting for me mm -hmm. and I'll see him or her again someday. Mm -hmm. And that God is a father to us on earth. So he can very well take care of my baby until I get there. <laughs> so that is beautiful. I, I, I love that. And I love when you said, hey, it never even occurred to me to, to blame God. You know, I believe so often people, we blame God when things go in a direction that we don't want them to go in. And I, I love, I mean, it just makes me warm. You know, I'm, I'm getting chills listening to you, you know, just share that God is my, he's my father. He's taking care of me, you know, and his way is better than anything that I could possibly think of. And I, I love that. I don't know if that's youth 
speaking. And if it is, may we all be forever young. <laughs> because I think we get jaded, you know, in our thoughts and our opinions, and we get angry and frustrated with a God who is nothing but good to us. And that's just, I, I love that. And I love that you say, you know, so many times I don't even have to ask. People just step in. God sends little angels to give me what I need when I need it. How has this been for your husband? He's equally as young and you guys are facing this journey together. How has it been for Rodney? He's definitely had his moments. Um, being the dad in mm -hmm. the pregnancy, there's not a lot that he can do really mm -hmm. until the babies arrive. So, I mean, he's right. the fetcher of late night food and, you know, <laughs> picked up more than his fair share of cleaning and cooking and everything while I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. But it was really rough for him watching me be sick in the first trimester and right. have high blood pressure. And there's, there's nothing he can do about it. Like there's no, um, there's no like magical foot massage he can give me that's going to make my <laughs> nausea go away. Right. Um, and it was, it was rough for him because it's just, he feels like he, he's a fixer. He wants to fix things. Right. And it's just not something that can be fixed. It's, it's pregnancy. It lasts nine months and then you have a baby at the end of it. And, right. you know, some women have less issues, but I think most women have issues mm -hmm. um, of some variety or another. Mm -hmm. Um but he, he's been amazing with the kids. He, he struggles a little bit with the newborn phase. He's like, I, I don't know if it's just, it's crying. I don't know, what does it want? <laughs> um, but then they, they hit that, you know, four or five months old or they start interacting a little right. bit. And right. he just comes alive with them and becomes an amazing dad. Mm -hmm. And he, he is always playing with them, interacting with them, teaching them things um, like, oh, I'm baking cookies. Like here, come help me mix the flour in. Um, <laughs> he, I think he struggled some at the end of my pregnancy with the twins mm -hmm. and then through the NICU stay mm -hmm. because he was sitting in the hospital where he couldn't do anything Right. Just watching me from day to day get worse. Yeah. And the doctors kept being like, she's fine. We have to keep the babies in there. She's fine. Like, oh, like, let's give her this medication to see if we can bring her blood pressure down. Like, and hmm. he was just like sitting there, like somebody help her. Right. Right. And the doctors were making decisions based on what was going to be the best for the babies mm -hmm. while not endangering me too much. But with preeclampsia, you walk a really fine line of how long can we keep these babies in right. without doing damage to mom that isn't reversible. Yeah. Um, and I think he was just terrified that they were gonna get the babies out and my kidneys were, were never gonna come back to full function or mm -hmm um my blood pressure was going to stay high or 
you you can have a seizure with it and it can cause brain damage and sitting there like like he's like if if i had my way the babies would have been out like days ago yeah i'm like i understand that but the doctors are (laughs) trying to make sure that their lungs are developed and he's like he's like well can't they just can't they just like do that after they're out i'm like no they, they have to have like I have to have this medication in my body for 48 hours mm-hmm. for it to help the babies. And it's like, we have to, we have to keep them in at least until the end of that period. And he's like, I think he, he did a lot of asking God yeah. and yeah. praying. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, it worked out. We have three healthy babies Right. I don't have any lingering issues. So, you know, it, it came out great at the end and he, he gets that. But at the time it was, it was hard. For yeah, him. it was devastating. It was hard for me. Right. You know. Yeah, I look at, I just, I, I hear the lesson. I'm always looking for the hand of God in everything. And as I'm listening to Rodney's journey through all of this, you know, trying to, understand trying to trust the doctor's decisions are better than mine they know what is best and I think that's really equivalent to us let me trust God God I don't see where you're going with this if it was up to me I would have taken care of this I would have taken the babies out sooner it's like we have our thoughts and our ideas as to what we think would be best and God is saying trust me I am the expert I am the master builder I know what is best I can see down the road what you cannot see and that's really the 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 position the doctors sat in you know so I can see the equivalence of Rodney's trying to figure out his way but yet trusting the doctor's way trusting that they were leading to something greater but yet Mm -hmm. there's a there's a fear you know there's always that fear in us God can I trust you God, do you see what I'm seeing? God, do you, you know, it's like that, that's our human nature. Mm-hmm. But yet I, I see this situation and God was showing himself to Rodney just as much as he was showing himself to you, just as much, no doubt, he was showing himself through the doctors. You know, the hand of God lays on everybody. You know, he's not just working on Mary in that situation. But he's, he's working on Rodney. He's working on the twins. He's working on the doctors. It's like, I, I love how God is constantly building the faith of everybody around the situation. He's just asking us, as we talked about in children's ministry yesterday, to trust him, <laughs> to believe in me and, th- and just be obedient. Trust, believe, and be obedient. And I will take you the distance. So I'm just, I, Mary, again, you are my shero. I love you to death. I'm so excited. To those who are listening, I'm grandma to her twins and her little Jasper. <laughs> so they come to grandma BJ and I love it. But it's just amazing to watch them grow. I do remember, I forgot that your littlest one, that she was, you know, had to be fed through the tummy. I'd forgotten about all of that, you know? until you just talked about it. I was like, oh yeah, because I don't see it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, now she's bossing the boys around and pushing everybody <laughs> out of the way. 
<laughs> you would never know that she was the one that everybody was so concerned may not pull through. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, she's gonna be an interesting, interesting <laughs> teenager. <laughs> already got a seventeen-year-old's attitude and a two-year-old's body. So yes, she does. She definitely rules the roost. That is so, I, I love that you said early on that I think you were given a 2% chance of actually being able to in, to carry a child, but mm -hmm. yet God took that 2% and out of that 2% came healthy twins and a tank called mm -hmm. Jasper, who's a future football player. God can take anything and work miracles with them if we give it to him. And that's just so beautiful. Anyway, any last words you want to give our audience? This has been incredible. Thank you for sharing your story. Well, I think I said what was on my heart, really. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. I I I um I know when Mary was fair, first sharing with me her story, and she was sharing the just the difficulty getting doctors to not just hear her out, but because of her age, been willing to do the procedure, you know, well, they just assume, well, you're a woman, you're gonna change your mind, you're gonna wanna have a baby later on. And, and the pain that you had to endure before you finally got someone to go, okay, this woman is in so much pain, maybe we need to reconsider. That was just, that was mind boggling to me that um, we have to be self-advocating self you know, often we've got to get in there and just really fight the fights because if we don't, people won't hear us. So thank you for yelling and screaming loudly. <laughs> thank you to your team, everybody who was fighting on your behalf and all those prayers because you were able to get what you needed in order to, to see you out of pain today is, is just beautiful. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, to everybody listening, as I always say, you know what? We don't get to choose our testimony. In other words, we don't get to tell God what our lives will or will not be, but we are called to share the journey because somebody else is going through the very thing that we're going through and they just seem, simply need to hear, I made it through. God carried me through. So I, I, I pray for someone who's on the other end, who's going through some of the things Mary has gone through, that you will be encouraged and uh, inspired to know that a 2% chance coming from a doctor is a 100% chance coming from God. So stay faithful. So until next week, be on the lookout for the incredible hand of God. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for being with me on this journey. I want to say thank you to my guests who shared an incredible testimony. And we know that next week we're going to have a whole new guest sitting in the chair sharing the incredible hand of God in their lives. Be on the lookout, guys, for all of the different things that are going down in life right now. I have a new book, Rebound, Staging a Spiritual Comeback, as well as my children's book series, which is God, God, What Do You See? All the proceeds for that is going to go to benefit Autism Speak. So please support the cause. You are incredible. Thank you again for being with me. Dave Graham, go ahead and play us out, my brother. <laughs>